Hi listeners, welcome to the latest footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast with me, Chris Holliday. And me, Alex Sargent. Now, as ever, as a glutton for punishment, Alex is taking on not one but two words, um, just as he has done in the high versus low fantasy um, episode. We're doing, or I should say he is doing, um, folklore slash folkloric. Uh, so before we, I guess before we start, what, why, why two? What's the, de- what's the relationship well, between them? I just think there's a slight difference between what folklore is and, okay. and, and what something being called folkloric might mean. So I think I just think we'll flag both of them up, but we okay. can come to that. Okay, all right. Well, it's a term, again, as so many of these terms, it, it kind of crops up. With with such regularity as to as to sort of lose all meaning and actually, gun to my head, I'm not entirely sure I could define what what yeah. folklore or folkloric is. So I'm so pleased that I'm just in charge of the timer, which <laughs> I will start now. Well, I don't know. I'm going to be able to do it either. Uh, folklore. Uh, great. Well, that's the end of the episode. Folklore <laughs> is a very very broad nebulous term. Okay. But if I have to try and define it, it basically means all the stuff that people do as part of a culture that is not official, is not a part of official discourse, um, and is not codified or quantified or qualified, but are things that are necessary for that culture to live, breathe, and exist. So, so when you say not official, what do you mean well, by... Well, so religion wouldn't count as folklore. Okay. Literary canons wouldn't count as folklore. Okay. Um, Politics? Politics would not count okay. as folklore. But not walking under a, uh, a ladder because you think it's unlucky right. would definitely count as folklore. Or stories about, um, you know, if you just think about your family as an example. You could tell the history of your family by looking at, like, Ancestry.com or, or you know, looking at birth certificates yep. and death certificates or marriage certificates. Electoral registers. Or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or you could tell it by the anecdotes that have gone down, like, over the history that okay. just sort of stick in the, and are part of the glue of what makes you... Oh, I remember that time such and such got drunk and kicked the coffee over at Christmas. Okay. Or that, you know, those things that, like, bind a culture together... Yeah. ...but aren't necessarily the things that you would think bind the culture together. Okay. That's folklore. Okay, so it's it's unofficial in the way that it exists outside of, let's say, quote-unquote, official documentation. Yes. Um, in which case... Presumably there's an issue here with rituals and customs, but also you've spoken previously about fantasy's genealogy or roots in oral culture. So mm-hmm. what, what's going on with that in relation to folklore? Well, so that's part of it, right? Is that it's the, it's the stories that are shared and told that bind a culture together rather than the stories that are given to the culture. So, you know, if you think about, I don't know, it gets harder and harder to do as we get into a more and more literate and digital age. But if you take, like, the 15th, the 16th century, and, you know, Elizabethan England, Shakespeare is not folklore. Shakespeare is what we study. Shakespeare is Elizabethan literature, yeah. quote-unquote. Cani- because, because, okay. it's because it's canonised. Because it's canonised, it's official, it's legitimised, okay. it's all this sort of stuff. The stories that people are actually telling each other on the streets, in the taverns, in the, in the fields, whatever clichéd vision of Elizabethan England you want to conjure up... Those are the stories of folklore, yeah. okay? And those are the stories that aren't necessarily... And, and they're a completely different culture because they're not owned by anyone. There's no authors of folklore. It's a shared thing. Mm-hmm. Folk music, you know, it, folk music is not listen to this, you know, amazing bard sing you a song that they've written. Folk music is the music that's passed between people. It's the songs that people know but don't know why they know them. Okay, so it's, that's interesting. I, I didn't know any of this. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's connected to... 
a sense of sort of cultural consensus yeah. it, and it's as it's passed on does this mean that that folklore is by its very nature because it is it is an expression that comes from and is born of culture and yes. isn't canonized legitimized authenticated on paper or in an archive what does this mean that it's open to change and as it's passed along absolutely yeah abs okay. absolutely yeah it's, well that's the point of it is that it's always in flux and it's always codified and and you could, you could I did be, not know any of this you could be glossy eyed and like go okay and, and like you know romantic about it which I like to be because I quite like this sort of stuff mm. is that actually it's very collective and it's very like democratic because actually it's it's about a collective expression of of anything like you mm -hmm. know the stories that matter to a culture are the stories that are continually told and the stories that cease to matter or cease to be functional or cease to represent a culture, cease to get told, and the stories that could be used get changed into other stories. So, like Cinderella, we've, you know, like that's a story that people are obsessed with tracing back to the original. There's no fucking original, excuse my French, but there's no, there's no original. It's a bunch of cogs and machines and screws that people have warped into different things throughout thousands of years of human history, mm. and it's gone over there and over there and up there and down there, and in this bit it means this, and this bit it means mm. that, and that. That's folklore. It's about it's about what it means to the culture. You know, it's not owned by anyone. It's owned by a culture. Okay, um, so it's more okay. So on the one hand, it's uh, bottom up rather than top down. Yes. Um, if now we, if, you can you can throw a span in the works and go, okay, well, great, but like, of course, like, no culture is completely democratic. There's always going to be power structures that dominate who does what, which you should, it's important to qualify that. But okay. like folklore has been a space often where women get more of a voice. It's been a space often where those that are marginal get more of a voice. You know, it, you know, it, ha it does have that yeah. kind of baked in history that, that's, that, that, that one can try so, and celebrate. Yeah, so what I'm getting is, is on the one hand that there's a sense of authenticity to actually these... These these rituals and customs and stories of not walking under a ladder or, or yeah. things like this. There's something. Well, you know, like you know, don't go over there. A witch lives down there, or you know, like, yeah. you know, those, these things that it's a kid you do, right? You know, that's the witch's house. Everyone has a witch's house, like when they're growing up, yeah. right? You know, that's folklore. Yeah. So it's, so there's something that's that's often, or from what you're saying, that there's something more authentic and more. Not, not it's not that it's more or less credible or more or less official, though official is part of it. But there's something that's. That somehow the folklore or the folkloric traditions tell us a little bit more mm. than the official documents. Yeah. The, so does this mean then, thinking about your work on on Ralph Bakshi, that there's yeah. something kind of countercultural at the same time uh, about folklore because well, it's, it's telling an alternate history or an expanded history or a more a kind of less linear and more potted, fragmented history that is more imaginary because that's sort of interesting it's both it's both a, a barometer of true culture yes. because it's it's about the things that aren't documented and the bits between the cracks but it's also countercultural because it has that period or that has that identity sorry of of, be, of, of being something different or alternative it's, it's countercultural it's transcultural it's it's yep. it is cultural like it's it's all of those things okay. because it depends yeah, yeah. on it depends on the relationship between the folklore and and the ruling elite right but but the key thing about it is that it can't it has to be the stuff that that um yeah exists outside of you know, there's one thing saying that, you know, this is our cult. There's, there's the top-down stuff that you can do to create a culture, and there's the bottom-up stuff that actually reflects a culture. And, yeah. and it's that stuff that's, that's, that's folklore. And, yeah, we can talk about folk stories. That's part of folklore. But I'm talking about folk music, folk customs, folk rituals, folk traditions. Okay. Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So how is this different from the folkloric? Or what's the well, relationship? It's, it's not different, but 
folk, you know, it's very simple. A folkloric is an adjective you might give to a story that is codified and, and all this sort of stuff that has a quality of the folkloric about it. Oh. So, you know, we could talk about the Wicker Man as being folk horror or folkloric horror because it's a film that is that, that is interested in folk. It's interested in yep. in, a, in a culture of folk. You know, you could talk about um, Bob Dylan's music being folkloric. You know, I don't think I'd call it folklore because it's it's or part of folk tradition. I mean, it's a fo you know, it's fo no, it's part of folk traditions, but I wouldn't call it folklore. Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited is not, um, uh, or you know, um, you know, his earlier stuff is not is not folklore, but it might have a quality of the folkloric about it. You know, right? So yeah, because I mean, I, I guess it's not just so it's not just the ad adjective of no, something. Lord that's of the Rings has is is folkloric. It's riffing on things that are in folklore, but it is not folklore. It is uh, stylized as a form of fictional folklore that never existed, written yeah. by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, okay, okay. So on the one hand, folklore is, as you were saying, these sorts of customs, um, tales, sayings, different kinds of art forms that are, that are that are preserved outside of official streams. Yes. And folkloric is a term that can be wielded in slightly more creative ways by writers, filmmakers, to, to give a sense of that element of folklore to yep. things that are codified and official. So Lord of the Rings is canonised as a piece of canonical literature, but it, or fantasy, but it is also interested in the folkloric as a theme or as a topic or as a... Yes. Part of its there is currently an Amazon Prime TV series called, is it Amazon Prime or one of these, called yeah. The Essex Serpent. Yes. The Essex Serpent is folklore. The, the, the story, story that this thing is, is riffing Love on. It. The Essex Serpent, the Apple TV series, might, one might call has a quality of the folkloric. Okay. Brilliant. So we've got a minute left. So yeah, a couple right. of sources expanding okay. on this, this well, I'll, distinction. Well, I'll focus on folk stories. I'll okay. tell you what, I, 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 there is a podcast called The Folklore Podcast hosted by Mark Norman, an academic down in Exeter, who's brilliant, um, talks every, does an episode every week about folklore, and I would, I, would, I would recommend that. If you're interested in the kind of structures and templates of folk stories, the classic work is uh, Vladimir Propp's Morphology of the Folk Tale. Um, that's, we could talk about formalism and all that sort of stuff that he's playing with in another episode, but that's a, that's a good recommendation. Great. Um, yeah, that'll do. Wonderful. Well, there we go. You've got... 15 seconds if you want to say anything extra about folklore. Uh, and go on Facebook and type in fairies and you'll see lots of groups where people actively discussing fairies they've seen at the bottom of their garden. Folklore is... is, is Alive and well. Oh, and actually the episode we did with Simon Costin, we also talked a lot about folklore and he's still you know, campaigning to set up the sort of museum of British folklore. And his yes. whole thing is that folklore isn't goblins and dragons, it's it's Notting Hill Carnival. It's, you know, there's a multicultural yes, yes. story of folklore that need, that that represents Britain now that we yeah. could tell as well. Perfect. There we go. So check, yeah, check out our episode on Pogleswood with yeah. Simon um, as, a, as a part two, maybe, to this footnote. Absolutely. If you have any recommendations for future uh, footnote episodes, you can email us at fananimresearch, F-A-N-A-M-I-M, research at gmail.com. And you can use that same tag for our Twitter handle, Facebook profile and Instagram page. Um, let us know if you've got any suggestions for future episodes and we'll be delighted to cover it. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.